Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, is your mind having any fun lately? Seems like ever since COVID hit, our minds have been caught up in a loop of worrying about food and shelter and safety and finances. Are you perhaps longing to feel the spark of a fresh idea finally? Let's take a look at how inventing and problem solving work because they both yield sparks. First thing you're going to need is a few good questions, things that puzzle you. Maybe a situation you've been living with for a long time, but you'd rather like to change it, or a project you'd like to take on, but you aren't sure where to start. And now you're hoping to get that breakthrough spark that shows the answer. So here's what your mind needs in order to get into the spark-creating zone. You can't be too sleepy or too anxious or you won't be able to get into that zone. You've got to be able to be relaxed and still be alert. And we do that by downshifting our brain speed to an almost dreamy speed. And that way your mind can gather lots of odd bits of info. And it still resists putting all the pieces together mentally. Don't worry about that, because your brain's going to do that later all by itself. As soon as enough pieces are found... Then brain magic happens. The dreamy zone attracts a super high-speed partner zone that spins it all together to get the ahas. Sometimes breakthrough ideas just don't come right away, and that could be because they're rather rich and complex. They're going to have to be incubated. So what you have to do is you load up the back burner of your mind with lots of those pieces. And you could add to the collection over a long period of time. You're mulling on them, but don't analyze them. Don't get mental. You might even sleep on the ideas. And the ahas could start bubbling up in odd bits and pieces over time if it's a really big question. You can also use this zone to solve practical problems, too. First thing we do is we shift our gaze so we're not looking at objects and things and bits and facts. We're looking for patterns. I mean, think about when you try to rearrange furniture in a room. You're going to do a lot of looking ahead. You're not looking for single paths of just, if I move this there, it's more like a fan. There are lots of options. So that if I move this there and that here and that here, oh my gosh, that won't work. You can't get in the doorway. And then you run another pattern and another one. So what your brain is doing is putting out lots of options for the imagination And that way it can weed out mistakes before you make them, and you don't have to lift all that heavy furniture more than once. We can use that pattern as as a great strategy for household chores, too, I think. Have you ever gotten one of those flyers that the merry maids should come and clean your house for you? And I look at them, and they explain what they're going to do every week, what they're going to do every other week, and what they're going to do once a month or once a season Well, I've never really looked at cleaning like that. It's been more like triage of, oh my gosh, I've got to do this and this and this, and it's way too late to do all of it. But it seems like if we had the patterns of the things that had to be done, and we could figure out, well, how often do you think you have to do those? We could even make cards. 
I got to tell you a thing I did with a teacher center that I had once. So I made these little cards of all the things that had to happen during a week, and we'd have these Monday morning meetings, and I'd put the cards out. Some of the cards were complicated tasks. They took maybe an hour or two, and others were simple ones like clean the coffee pot. So we put them all out, and we ran around in a circle picking one of the big ones at a time, the one that we least hated. And then we got down finally to the littler ones, and eventually we picked the one that was the least pleasant for us. Maybe we really hated doing the coffee pot, and somebody else would pick that before us anyway. So there we were with a cluster of cards, and that was our task for the week. At the end of the week, we'd go through and say what we'd accomplished with those cards, and then we'd criticize ourselves, but the other people would praise us for the things we did well. And it could be that we were holding a card that someone else was really wishing was going to get done, and we'd blown it off, and they asked if they could have it. So then they were able to solve it that way. I could see us doing the same thing with household chores in a complicated family. However, all this creative thinking, which would be a whole lot of fun, sometimes can't happen because we have nagging worries that just won't let up. And it's as if they won't let your brain have any fun. So this could be happening for you a lot during these stressful times. But your brain does deserve to enjoy thinking again in spite of that. So let's look at how we could work with it. Since the nagging worries are major obstacles to a fresh mind, we have to address them. But the trick is, if we start thinking about them, we're likely to fall down the rabbit hole and get depressed and go round and round and round, as we've always done. What you need to do is bracket the thinking process. So in order to avoid the rabbit hole, you're going to say how much time and how much space you're going to allow yourself to do this. So pick a space where you want to do the thinking about this, but let it be a different space from the one where you want to be creative or the one where you want to be social. So the dining room table might not be fair. Some chair that you don't like to sit in so much, that might work. Now you've got a space that's going to be assigned for the nagging worry space. Pick a time. How long can you think about it before you get caught in the rabbit hole? Maybe it's 15 minutes, maybe 20. Make sure that that's all you're going to do. Set a timer, plan something you have to do at the end of that 15 or 20 minutes so that you can shift out of it. What you could do during your time of thinking to keep it under control is to make what I might call a a thought map. Get a big sheet of paper ideally no lines on it, and you jot things down as they come to you, and you put them anywhere you want on the paper. So on that paper, jot down any aspect of the problem that you can think of, and also any possible negative outcome. And then of those possible outcomes, are there ones you could solve easily? Put a mark by those. And put down all the resources you could call on. Who could help you? What could help you? And then all the workarounds that you could choose. I don't have to do it this way. I could settle for something else. And when your time is up, save the notes so you can work on it again. But take a few minutes to do one more thing. Recall a time when you met a challenge in the past. How did you survive? What did you do? And what did you learn? Now you have a story that's worth sharing and use it to inspire others. 
If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, Original Mind Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available on Amazon and at EmbraceYourBrain.com.